Hey, dude, this dog leg stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. Hello, you pet stylist. You found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my <laughs> friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. <laughs> hey, girlfriend. What are we doing? Where are we? Ho, 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 What's ho. <laughs> the crazy holiday season is upon us. Welcome to episode, oh, by the way, I think it's like our anniversary. Oh, what? It's either this week or next week, yeah, is our anniversary for 356 shows. Yeah, if I do the math. Yeah, I think it's like right now, December, first week in December or something like that. So happy anniversary, Groom Pod. Happy anniversary, partner. <laughs> Hey, it couldn't be happier. Yay! Well, welcome to episode 356 of the Groom Pod, recorded on November 27th, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groomore, and Stazco. And you guys, if you'd like to support the show, you can go to our website, groompod.com, and use the donation button or join us on Patreon. This week, we're going to Talk about what to do if you're not a really good scissorer like me. We're going to come up with some options for you. And we're going to learn about C1314 isoparaffin. Did I get that right? Yeah, good for you, isoparaffin. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, this week, What's New is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. I love my Groomore. I do too. Barbara, you know, I've got aging big dogs that I'm not willing to give up, especially now that my arms work again. <laughs> uh, who knew? Anyway, I have one aging golden retriever that is going blind he can't see and he has always been a dog who hopped his front feet right up on the edge of the tub and I was able to lift him in now he can't really get into the trailer comfortably because he's not sure where it is and I'm having to work through this with this dog and on the other hand I've got a dog who has always thrown himself into the bathtub who still wants to throw himself into the bathtub but he can't reach the edge now so I carry a ramp when I need to. The thing weighs like 25 pounds and it folds in half so it's not easy to store. But I'm having to teach the blind dog and the over-enthusiastic dog how to go up the noisy plastic ramp. And it uh. is a challenge. The blind dog is harder than the, the over-enthusiastic dog because I can block 
the dog that wants to jump into the bathtub and force him to run up the ramp. It makes a weird noise. It's got ridges in it, and it makes a strange noise when they go up. And I think that in combination with me not training him before he went blind because he went blind very quickly, the blind dog is really having a tough time getting into the bathtub. And I don't know what to do to make it easier. I'm sure repetition will probably do it. But, oh, it's heartbreaking. I love these dogs. I won't give either one of them up, but I've got to figure out a way that I can safely get the blind dog into the trailer, which is a high step, and then into the bathtub, which is waist high. It's not, it's like boob high. I mean, it's a tall bathtub. It's really tall, and it has an edge in it. And at least he knows the edge, so he's familiar with it. I've been grooming him for his whole life. But now everything has changed. Oh, it's so traumatic. Any suggestions? Oh, that's so sad. I think I'm just going to go slowly and use treats. Yeah. I hate my ramp. Does the dog absolutely have to be wet bathed? Yeah. He's a dog that loves to swim and he still loves to swim, which would freak me out. At that point, I would try to keep him out of the water. Swimming is probably good for him. Yeah, and splashing around as long as he doesn't lose orientation of where land is. Uh, But I think he is so comfortable. They have a beach house. He goes in the mud and the dirt and the sand and the water. So really, every six weeks we're bathing him. This is the second time that I've noticed that he's been completely blind. The first time I had a difficult time getting his feet up on the edge of the trailer to get him into the trailer. It was easier for me to get him in the bathtub the first time, but this time I threw the ramp in there. So it's a whole new deal. I guess I got to kind of give him a fresh start, start again, teach him how to come into the trailer as if he's never been in there and then teach him how to go up the ramp as if he's never been in the bathtub. Oh yeah. Traumatic. It is. I wish I could just pick him up, but he's a little bigger than that. (laughs) We can tag team him. Can the owner help you get him in the tub? Yes, sometimes, but other times there's nobody there. She came out with me this last time and we talked about it. So I might have to make that We rule. could stipulate it, yeah. right? You could stipulate it. I'm going to have to have someone there that can help me because that might solve the problem is just to be able to hoist him in there. And, you know, I had a Newfoundland that I loved that, got old and couldn't get in the tub and wasn't comfortable in the tub anymore. And of course it's Arizona, so it's warm, but I started doing him outside using a garden hose mixer jar thing. Oh yeah. The the thing that sprays the weed and feed in there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That that and that worked fine for the last few his name was Twerp. And he was, you know, like 150 pounds. <laughs> and uh, I just loved him. Oh, yeah. He was a Lanceer. He was, a, he was just a really good dog. It's so hard. Oh, it's horrible. It's hard when they're little. It's harder on you when they're big. The hardest thing, I think, other than going up, was coming down the ramp because he's not used to the ramp being there. In his memory, there's no ramp there. He doesn't know what's 
in front of him anymore. And I can't let him jump out of the tub because he doesn't know where the floor yeah. is. And I can't lift yeah. him out. So I think you're probably right. I think maybe the owner needs to help. I think so. I think you just need to say that's the only way I can continue doing him. The thing that I've got that wouldn't work in your situation, but I have the rolling hydraulic table that we roll it into place beside the tub, put the dog on it, and then we elevate the, you know, it's like second floor. Yeah. <laughs> second floor. Okay, now you're in, and we just push them in. Right. You know, well, we don't push, I know. but just a little push. <laughs> we just, coax them in right. to the tub, and that's how we do our bearded collie that, that Yvonne and I do every two weeks. That's well over a hundred pounds, unfortunately. Oh yeah. And why do people let their dogs get so goddamn heavy? Now the owner says it takes her a day and a half to recover after her grooming. And I'm thinking, yeah, why don't you take a little weight off her? She might be able to withstand it a little bit, but no, he's probably feeding her more now that she can't do anything. I gently point out that the dog can't get the food themselves and that it's all within your control and you've just got to back off. But they don't accept that they need to. I know. Oh, that's always hard. No, the vet says she's okay. That's because the vet doesn't want to go there either. I, you <laughs> <Yes>. know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> yeah, my little favorite, Jack Sparrow, the have an ease. He's a little yeah. chunky. The last two times he's getting bigger and bigger. We had to have that talk, but they're recognizing it. So that's half the battle is that they recognize it. But I just have to point out that the dogs aren't in there in the cupboard, opening the can or getting the food out and putting it in the dish that the human is in charge of that. Although Marco might be the exception. To well, that. there are exceptions <laughs> always. <laughs> Sometimes when I unload my groceries, which is a task for me now that I'm sure. 82 freaking years old, <laughs> going on 83, I might say. So I I tend to put them bags of groceries like on the floor. You know, I put things away and then I go sit down and I go away. And the next day he finds something in a bag somewhere that I missed. <laughs> that, you know, he, he hate my trade of Joe's. Everything crackers. Oh, I love these crackers. These are the best tasting. Oh, they're just so tasty. I just like hold them in my mouth. Mm. Well, that's because I can't chew without my bottom teeth. But anyway, he ate the whole package. Yeah, and he carefully removed the inside bag from the box. <laughs> you know, my first clue was that I saw the box laying oh, yes. on the floor. Hmm. I said, oh shit, my, my crackers. Well, then I had to go and look way in the back of his crate was the bag. <laughs> <laughs> With a few crackers left, thank you. He left me a few. That's nice of you him. Know, I probably yeah. interrupted his, his snack, you know, <laughs> but you know, like He's just very good at finding anything. I mean, I have to keep trash up on the counter 
you know, or on a stool or whatever, you know, I have to raise everything up off the floor because he just thinks he's the wastebasket inspector. <laughs> you know, yes. I have to knock this over and inspect these contents right now while you're gone. Make sure there's no recycling in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, right. I've thrust myself into my favorite time while... I have a lot of favorite times of years, but I really like this time of year. It's the tidy up time of year. I don't do full grooms on my regular appointments. I just make them perfect for Christmas. And it's a more relaxed pace for me. And I realize I love grooming. It's so much fun. I can't believe it. Some people pay me. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I get all kinds of candy and goodies and big checks. And it's just the happiest time of the year for me to be out there working my tail off. And as I was telling you, I have three days off between now and Christmas Day. Then I'm back at it right afterwards. I have such regular clientele that they're hopscotching the holiday and uh, there goes the gift of, you know, like, uh, can I come back and give me something? But I can't say that, you know? (laughs) 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 You know, it's just like, oh man. It's, yeah, that's a challenge. I had an interesting conversation with one of my customers that I never thought I would have. Oh, yeah? You know, like sometimes you get kind of personal. I have customers that are my friends. Sure. I mean, I even have one that I go out to dinner with. But I have this very wealthy customer with this little Yorkie that I do every four weeks. Friday, she paid me $150. You know, to do this little, it's a seven blade on the body, just, uh, well, I'm using the five, now it's winter, right? Right. So it's a smooth body and then some hair on the legs. And I just trim them up real nice, do the feet real nice. She's got a sort of Westie, something between a Westie and a Yorkie head with a top knot. And for that... 150 bucks. 150 bucks. It's always over a hundred. It's always a hundred plus something. And cash, which is really a good thing. Oh yeah. We love that. She has housekeeping staff that comes from a service. Well, she's got one housekeeper that comes most regularly and often brings the dog named Jamie. Well, our time was scheduled to be 1230 and they came at 1215 and Jamie comes walking in the shop and from the back room Yvonne barks at her (laughs) (laughs) you're ugly (laughs) don't say anything you know poor woman backs out of the shop well okay she disappears you know so I was just finishing up so I just did the last little thing put the bow on I got the cutest little Santa hat bows. And they're perfect for top knot because it folds over with a little white edge around the, you know, and and I put that on the dog. And then I got worried because then I had expected to see Jamie like sitting down up front, uh, but out of sight and all of that. But no, she was just gone. I said, oh, shit. So I, I went outside to say I'm sorry. 
sorry Yvonne barked at you. And um, we're ready now. And the owner was sitting in the passenger side, which was the nearest side to me. So I, you know, I tapped on the window and they both of them looked at me. Oh, yeah. And she rolled down her window. So I stood there really close face to face with this woman who's always been nice, but she's been a little um, impersonal. Uh-huh. And we started talking, said something about she just turned 80. Oh. And I congratulated her. And I said, well, you certainly don't look it. And uh, I'm 82. And so we started talking about facelifts. Oh. <laughs> I said, you know, like, it looks to me like you do take care of your face. And she said, well, yeah. And I see, I happen to know that because I did the dogs that belong to the dermatologist technician that does her face oh. work <laughs> you know so i know she goes but she, her skin looks really good i mean i'm getting a really close-up look here you know so she asked me um oh have you seen oscar and his dogs lately well oscar is my wealthy customer from her neighborhood who referred her to me. Right. And we started talking about, and actually we opened with that. We started talking about what a nice guy Oscar was. He's a genuinely nice person. And I said, um, yeah, I, th I think he's a genuinely nice person. And besides that, they bring me wine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she says, what? I said, yeah, he he brings me wine. Well, see, he has a partial ownership of a winery. Nice. So he brings me their wine, you know. And if he doesn't have any of the California wine, he picks something up for me. So, you know, and so she says, well, what do you like, red or white? You know, and I said, oh, mostly white. She said, you should put a sign up in her shop, in your inside there. <laughs> I do like white wine. And <laughs> she never thought of that, you know. Well, that's funny because I always kid around with my customers, you know, like, that you could bribe me with a bottle of white wine and then they bring me one, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm so forward. So now I bet I get a bottle of wine from her next month. And I bet you have a connection with her that you didn't have before now. Well, and I do have a connection with her because now we've talked about our faces. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and your age. And our age. Yeah. And, you know, we, we really, we've kind of bonded there. I think that's so cool. It is. That's part of what makes us go to work. <laughs> Definitely. I happen to be one of those pet groomers that also loves people. And I like to get closer and I like to get to know people. And, you know, and the truth is my grooming customers are my social life. Yes. I mean, I just I just don't have much. I don't go out anymore. You know, I remember I mean, I was a musician for years and I had a whole social life after grooming. And then I taught drumming for years and years and I had students and all of that social life and friends. Now it's just my customers. There you are in my life. You are my life. My, see, my internet, my podcast people are my life. And speaking of that, I've got a shout out, okay? Uh-huh. Duffy the Cairn Terrier that I've done for several years, but this is the customer whose partner got rammed by a truck and paralyzed in front of their home two years ago. I remember you telling us about them. 
It was so sad. Well, that's Duffy's people. So they go to Minnesota in the summertime, and then they would come back here. Well, last year they didn't come back. Uh And it was because they were remodeling the home in Minnesota, and they're still together and all of that. So for the last year and a half, somebody else has been grooming Duffy. And it used to be that Duffy would come back in the wintertime, and then I'd have to correct all the grooming and all of that. So this year, it really wasn't bad. I really want to give a shout out to Christina at Mavericks in Hopkins, Minnesota. You're doing a good job, Christina, and I'm so glad you got the shape of the head right. Yay! And you gave him a really cute look. And if you ever want some coaching to make it even better, I'd be really happy to work with you to do that because I can tell that you're trying to achieve the correct hair and terrier look. And uh, you're, you're on it, girlfriend. So, Christina, you go, girl. Excellent. We're giving her a round of applause. Yeah, that was fun. So... How are your Arturo brushes working out? Arturo. Thank you. God, I have a terrible time with that. I know, because Arturo was my dog. That's it. How is your Arturo brushes working out? My Arturo brushes, I love them. Really? These are coated protected tips and wooden handles and recyclable packaging. So they've gone all to the sustainable thing and protecting the tips of the slicker brushes, which I totally love. So there's two types. There's a shorter pin and a longer pin. I'm liking both of them. Yvonne loves them. Dave, not so much. Dave is still attached to the feel that he gets from his other curved long tooth slicker brushes. Is it like the Chris Christensen one or something? Yeah, I had to throw that one away because the pins were all out of whack. Oh. You know, a slicker brush is absolutely no good if the if the pins are out of whack because the main purpose of the slicker brush is to align the hairs in the exact right angle to each other. And we just see it as it, it pulls out the tangles but it's actually a hair alignment tool. And when the pins are not aligned, hair damage, and I'm gonna stand by that until someone proves it otherwise. But I don't think that Dave believes me. Oh. I think a lot of groomers don't wanna believe me that slicker brushes cause coat damage. I believe you. Thank you. I absolutely believe you, and I know, and I feel guilty when I grab it, (laughs) and I now make sure I've got a coated one or one with the knobs on the end or something, and I inspect them with this uh, uh, magnifying glass. This is all because I do believe you. And I appreciate that, and that's why I love you, because because you accept my knowledge. I do. There are other ways of detangling. Yvonne, for example, loves the flexible finger brushes that are a human brush, plastic, with pins aligned with with movable slats. So we just call it the finger brush. We have to give everything a nickname 
in my shop because Yvonne has a resistance to technical names. She has a resistance to English. <laughs> Listen, and she doesn't speak Spanish that well either. Ah, you know? <laughs> uh, but we love Yvonne. <laughs> she suffers from that. Well, she doesn't suffer with anything, but she is handicapped in that way. It's a cultural problem because she was born into a Spanish-speaking uh, family, and then when she got to school, they forced her to stop speaking Spanish and only speak English. So she started trying to do that. That's confusing. I would rather they would teach everybody to speak Spanish. And then you would have people growing up with a second language. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, I really like the Artero protected tips slicker brushes and it's they're not big round ball tips they're on nearly invisible the coating on the tips is nearly invisible it just gives the end of the tip a protection from not gouging the hair cuticle or the skin so there's different pin lengths is there a different head size or is there just one head size there's just one head size okay but there's four sized brushes from small, X, small, small, medium, and large, okay? Okay. So there's four size brushes of each type, and they're both um, protected pins, and the pins are still narrow, and they're smooth. And then you got something else with that, so a product, didn't you? I did get a product, and it's their product that they call the Mix, and they call it a multiphasic product but what it is basically it's a water soluble spray version of the artero detangler in the spray by the way biogroom d shed and uh, chris christian d shed coming up artero mix is like a water soluble pump spray version of the artero mat x aerosol spray that was product of the year for 2018 oh well it's a trick it's a trigger spray it's not a thumb spray thank okay. god i hate those it's in a trigger spray um i did have to replace the sprayer halfway through the bottle i don't know it just stopped spraying and started spitting at me <laughs> I hate sprayers and all those problems. But, you know, the Artero Mat X, it clogged on me with nearly a full can. That's frustrating. And that was so frustrating. And I think I threw it away before somebody to, to just, like, pry off the top of the can and then pour it into a another sprayer. So here's the deal with this Artero I discovered, I love it when this happens, I discovered their ingredients, they've got a special complex in there that is a four-ingredient substance that is next-generation detangler silicone product. Okay, so this stuff is made of Silicone Quaternium 16, Undeseth 11, Undeseth 5, and Butyloctanol. 
what the heck is that? So they don't, the Artero doesn't tell you that these ingredients come together. They're just in the list. But in Googling the ingredients, I found out that they are provided together by Dow Chemical as a, a special state-of-the-art next-generation conditioning agent. And both the Matt-X and the Artero mix have that. So basically what they've done is they've come up with a, a water-soluble alternative to their Artero Matt-X, and they're calling it multiphasic. Did they invent that? No, yeah, they kind of made that up. It's really more multifunctional. So this is what Dow Chemicals, Dow Corning says about this. It's called 5-713 silicone quat microemulsion. Ooh, ooh, you know what? That excites me. Microemulsion? Yeah, well, silicone quat microemulsion. It doesn't take much, but I get excited. I get smiley face. I get ooh, ooh, ooh. It is a 22% non-ionic emulsion of a catenized amino-functional silicone polymer with multifunctional properties for hair. Wow. Wow. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. And you know what? It works really well. I'm going to go on. Provides body and volume thermal and UV protection, reduces drying time, EHA, uh, color protection and improved wet and dry combability and reduced hair breakage. So technically it is described as an amino functional quaternized silicone microemulsion with multifunctional properties for hair. Ooh, so rather than tell you what is under Seth 11, I'm just telling you that these two products both contain this very advanced state-of-the-art silicone microemulsion. And it's a, it works great. A little goes a long way. Now, there is a downside. What is it? The fragrance. Oh, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if I like it. I don't think you would like it. And that's not the real problem. The problem is that this fragrance contains eight identified allergen components. Why do I know this? Because Artero products are made in Spain. Anything made in Europe, if it has fragrance components over 0.001, for leave-in products, 0.001%, it has to identify them. Now, this does not mean that the product is gonna cause an allergic reaction. It just means that it has a potential for that. Maybe avoid it if you know your dog is sensitive that you're working on. Yeah, I'm loving it. I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out of my free bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terribly expensive. I think it's like 16 something for an eight ounce bottle. Some damp and dry coats to detangle and comb out. And it does decrease 
drying time noticeably. Yeah. Well, all right then. So there, okay. I'll have to get over to Cascade Grooming Supply and see if uh, I can pick some of that up. I think he's got it on the shelf there. Does he have Artero? He's mm-hmm. carrying Artero? Yep. Well, yeah. Tell him I gave it a good shout out. Yeah, give it a try because in the mobile you want that reduced drying time. Especially right now. Hey, you know what I accidentally did? No, what? I left my space heater on all night. In the trailer? Yeah, in like the working area. Like I always have a space heater in the water when it gets cold so that I can keep my lines open. But I accidentally left my space heater on in the trailer. It was dry in there in the morning. Oh, Uh, It would cost me a fortune to do it that way, but I was like, whoa, this is going to be a good day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dry those dogs and they're going to actually get dry. Well, and you might think about that when you're scheduled the next day for large furry dogs. Good idea. Doodles or the treevers and that kind of stuff. That might be when it's worth the money to pay for the electricity to dry out the trailer. Good point. I love it. Hey, let's take a quick break and get to our first subject, which is, of course, about me, 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 because, you know, this is my <laughs> this is my school right now. We're in my own school. So hang on. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. I knew early that I was not a creative scissorer. I didn't have the talent. The lady that I apprenticed with was an artist. She was amazing. Her scissors sang and her finishes were plush and spectacular. One day I was doing a poodle top knot and I could tell that I hadn't quite got the ears in the right spot. And I think on that day she thought, oh God, Susie's never gonna be a groomer ever. (laughs) I managed to struggle through and I do all right, but I am not the best scissor in the world. But I got news for you guys. It doesn't mean you can't be a groomer. You just gotta figure a way around it. And that's what I've done. And I thought I'd share some of my tips with you guys. And recognizing that there's a problem is definitely one of the first ones. You must have known right away that you were a talented scissor. No, no. The person who taught me to groom was a scissor hands. Ah, yes. Bill Scissorhands North, who once in about six months into my training, told me that on a scale of one to ten, I was a three. Oh, no. <laughs> You're right there with me. <laughs> a three, girl. I... I bet. I thought I was I thought I was at least a five or a six. <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. I mean I knew that I took four hours to do a miniature schnauzer. 
I had a horrible time. You know, I was a book learner. I was six years of university and there were no books. Right. There were no books. There were no videos. There were no references. It was him and me. And he was in a state of mind where he didn't sit with me as I started to do the dog. No, he threw a dog at me and then he'd come in at you know, 3.30 and go over my grooming. I had to sit there and wait for him. He used to take off. He was just coming out of the closet and he had long, he was six foot two and he had long hair down past his shoulders and he had a Corvette <laughs> and, you know, and he would take off in his Corvette in the morning after he took in the dogs and we would start grooming and he would come back in the afternoon and do his dogs. He took everything in between 8 and 8.30 and then nothing went out until 4 o'clock. And uh, he played and then he would come in and groom. And uh, uh, and he would go over every dog and just, and he, he tried to explain, but he wasn't in, into it too much and he didn't think I was ever going to get it and I just determined after I finished crying I just determined to keep on keeping on and that's what you have to do and you can improve there's no doubt about it I am a way better scissor than I was and then my hands betrayed me and that has been an interesting journey because they just don't go the way they're supposed to. They don't work the way they're supposed to. My fingers don't fit in the scissors the way they used to. It's kind of weird, but I've had to adapt. And it turns out that one of the best things I've ever done was to pick a specialty that didn't require a lot of scissoring. <laughs> and I, you know, I recognize that I have a really good ability to handle dogs and read body language and to handle people too. I really do pretty well at all of that. So I was getting all the difficult dogs at the vet hospital when I worked there and I found it really gratifying. And I also found out those people really don't care what the finished product looks like as long as the dog is clean and the hair's out of the eyes. They're pretty happy that their dog is not coming out traumatized. So I learned that pretty quick and I kind of gravitated towards that. And the other areas like special needs, you know, anything that takes a little bit longer or has a difficult time, be, be it the person or the dog, I do pretty well at that. And luckily, as long as I'm upfront about my ability, which I'm, I'm very upfront about that, uh, I've never get myself into a pickle where I'm having to do a dog that's I feel is like above my pay grade. <laughs> so if you have a difficult time scissoring, Consider searching out the special kind of dogs that you don't have to scissor, like, well, double-coated dogs that you're blowing out for the most part. Those dogs I do really well. I love those dogs because I can spend a lot of time getting them even with my blenders. Blenders are a huge part of fixing my scissoring. And I don't know, that, that that was a good tip that I got very early from the lady who trained me, is that this is the magic eraser. These blenders are your magic eraser. <laughs> know them, love them, get a really good pair. And she wasn't lying, because I can kind of smooth out and make plush my 
weak areas of scissoring, which are legs, really. I, I do okay on bodies, but when I have to scissor up and down, I have a really tough time with that. I end up with bell bottoms or pin legs, you know, and like wider at the hips. I just am not very good, and I can't always see it. I can see it like on somebody else's dog when it's good, but I don't always see it on my own stupid grooming. But one of the other things that I do is bath dogs. Bath dogs are out there. People do have dogs that need to be clean and they still want a mobile groomer to come to their house. And in my case, I'm really good at bath dogs. So I look for those as well. You know, I mean, I don't charge as much for them, but they don't take me as much time either. So I'm in and out. The dogs are clean. It's another area that you can kind of look for. I lean a lot on clipper guard attachments, combs, clipper combs. I, you know, like, especially for getting the legs the same. You know, I groomed a dog yesterday that I think that three weeks ago when I groomed it last, I didn't get the other front leg. Yeah, I had one of those too. <laughs> like, oh my. Oh God, what was I thinking? Well, it looks like I got distracted, you know, here. Yeah, I was I was embarrassed. I didn't say anything to the customer. Don't that's one thing I've learned. Oh, don't don't point out your mistake. <laughs> don't always rat yourself out because they might not get it. Then if you rat yourself out, they'll see it for the, the entire time till the next time. That is such a good tip. Yeah, I love to snap on combs and I use them on just all the time. I've got a set for my full-sized clipper and a set for my um, figure. And I'll piggyback on top of that. I started to groom with a clipper vac, but if I hadn't, I think the clipper vac has been the thing that has made grooming a lifelong career for me. The ability to do drop coat dogs evenly. And it's a niche and not everybody wants their drop coat dog done that way. Some people want them longer, you know, and scissored. But for the most part in the real world and practical living, people want their Shih Tzus and their Havanese and their Maltese in a manageable style. And I can provide that with a clipper vac and finish scissoring. My finished scissoring, you have to do some of it. And I find that Smaller scissors make smaller mistakes. <laughs> bigger scissors make bigger mistakes for me. I have a tendency to bob at the end because I cannot control the end of the weight of the scissors anymore. Also, bent shanks and reverse curves, both of those things in combination have made it much easier for me to get the legs straight when I need to scissor the legs straight. Yeah, chunkers are one of my tools. So I have, uh, I recently got a pair of curved chunkers from China. Yeah. Oh, man. Doodle heads. How I, big are I they? I love them. They're like seven inch. Okay. I mean, you can get them eight inch. I pretty much use six to seven inch scissors, unless it's a big dog. And then in the back where I have the big dock table, I have a set of larger shears to work on that. But I go tinier and tinier. In fact, I've got a pair of Chris Christensen termite two and a half, four inch, four inch blenders that I love for little, for getting around the corners of the eyes on dogs that are a little bit um, head shy. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes you can get in there when they won't let you get in with a larger tool. Like, what are you coming at me with? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I, I love the chunkers. And I also like doing terriers because terriers maybe perhaps shouldn't be finished as perfectly as, of course, if they go in the show ring, they're finished perfectly. But the ordinary terrier person wants a more natural, I've always specialized in the natural appearance. That's and another so, way to go. And that's what makes me a popular doodle groomer is because I don't poodle the doodle. Some people don't want that perfect straight edge scissoring. They want something that looks a little less refined. I'm not going to say rougher because you don't want it to look really uh, straggly. Or unkempt. But not so obviously scissored. And when, if you finish it with a chunker, it's going to look more like it grew that way. Very true. You know, so I use chunkers a lot with my terriers. I use I use my chunkers a lot, and I have a I have a six inch chunker that I got from um, what's his name at named Northern Tales. It's a fifty dollar Best Buy, as far as I'm concerned. When you drop the episode, I'll post the link. Okay. Okay. So interesting, you mentioned our little shopping experience in China. I got two pairs of shears from China. One of them looks almost exactly like my Guybe, uh multicolored, my Titans, except they don't have the offset handles, but they have even flipper handles, which I like. So that one was kind of a fail. I mean, it may not be a total fail because I think I can get them sharpened and have them be okay, but they didn't come very sharp. They're just the tip, the like the last end of the tip of the shear is not very sharp otherwise they're okay I, I like them they're good weight and all that the second one though the aluminum shears with the little hand colored handles on them I love those those are turning out to be really those nice. are the ones that I knew you would love and you were totally right on they're so yeah, light yeah. in my hands and they're so easy to do tiny finish work with of course I did nick a dog with them because they were super sharp unlike the other ones that were not sharp at all <laughs> but it's hit or miss but they were so I think they were $17 or $23 yeah something in it's there. not a big loss if it's not perfect I bought purple dragon chunkers from off of Amazon, which I discovered later was a, a Chinese brand. And uh, I didn't like them. And it was because they were dull. And I have a hard time finding good sharpeners around here. So I think they just found their way in a drawer or something. So one of the ones that I got from China, another scissor I got from China that I'm really liking is that extra curved seven inch curve scissor with a, a more pronounced curve my not sharp one has the aggressive curve yeah i really like that curve boy i'm doing my poodle puffs which i know you don't do but oh man my poodle puffs on zen the poodle best ever oh nice I mean, I just find them just really helpful in the poodle grooming. Getting the curve flank into the rib cage just right. Yeah, that curve 
little more ultra curved curve is great for that. And it, you know, it was a little bit more expensive, maybe $23, $26, but nothing when you look at what you would pay uh, our regular guys. Uh, I mean, there's a huge profit margin on in scissors, as I can tell you, because I sold them for 10 years and they're just really good profit. But on the other hand, we're sinking a lot of money into them. And so the critical thing is how long do they hold their edge? Because if you have to sharpen them every month, it won't be a good buy real quick. Very true. The one thing I just want to reiterate is that you don't have to be a perfect scissor to make it in this industry. You just have to find your spot. And you and I both agree, your customer service is just as important as your scissor finishing. Absolutely. You know, because what people want to know is that you're kind to their pets and you are kind to them. Hear, hear. <laughs> so be kind. And honest. Be kind and honest and you'll be forgiven. That's right. And work hard and improve your scissoring, but it's not the end of the world. <laughs> All right, let's take another break. We'll hear from a couple sponsors and then we'll be back with our back to school segment and our definition du jour. Chris Bear Anthony visiting the groom pot again. Okay, so you know I love my evolution swivel shears and you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. I think that everybody should have show season true tearless shampoo and show season hypo conditioner on hand. Show season has formulated true tearless shampoo with alternative surfactants that are less irritating, but still clean very well. And the Hypo Conditioner is one of the best fragrance-free conditioners in the market. And if you guys would like to find some Show Season True Tearless or Hypo Conditioner, go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. And here we go. We're going to get our scientific lab coats out, and Barbara's going to teach us about C1314 isoparaffin. Oh, you said that so well. I'm getting so proud of you, Susan. I'm Scott. working on it. So, so look at this. Is not only is this a synthetic ingredient, it's derived from petroleum. Anytime you see paraffin, you know that it's a synthetic petroleum-derived ingredient. Whether or not that's a good thing or a terrible thing is up to you. This particular ingredient, C1314 isoparaffin, has been safety tested and safety tested and safety tested, and it's safe. 
Cosmetic Ingredient Review Board has declared that it's safe up to 75% of a product. We'll never have it over 1%. Where I found this ingredient is in Chris Christensen new de-shedding shampoo. Here's the deal. Chris Christensen has taken their own approach to de-shedding. You might remember that I've said in the past that most de-shedding shampoos use a protein and a silicone to smooth out the hair cuticle, fill in the cracks, and give slip. Okay. Well, Chris Christensen uses this isoparaffin. This ingredient has a wax-like texture and it helps to increase the softness and the smoothness of hair. So it actually it coats the surface of the hair cuticle and makes it really smooth, somewhat like a protein might do. Um, it reduces hair tangles and reduces roughness of the hair surface. And in Chris Christensen de-shedding shampoo, it promotes shed hair removal, right? So it's one of the key ingredients of this de-shedding shampoo. Another one, it they do use a silicone, but they use cyclomethicone instead of a dimethicone or a dimethicone called polymer like other companies do so is cyclomethicone is that a single strand their molecules are circular rather than linear okay that's what so dimethicone and those mostly what we see are linear silicones okay cyclomethicone i might as well go on is a type of silicone that will make hair very slippery when wet and then will evaporate during drying, leaving hair a soft and silky feel with a glossy appearance, and it will facilitate drying. So it's the other, partnered with the C1314 isoparaffin, those are the two key ingredients that to promote de-shedding and re to promote loose hair removal by Chris Christensen. They've taken a very technical approach and, uh, you know, like next week, we will review the ingredients to the BioGroom, new BioGroom de-shedding shampoo and conditioner, which is taken a little bit different. They have a non-silicone. So stay tuned for my review of those ingredients. And I will get my little behind over to Cascade Grooming Supply and pick up some samples of all of this stuff and so I can check it out. Yeah, I would love it if you would do a comparison check of the Chris Christensen de-shedding and the Biogroom de-shedding. Okay, Michael, you heard it here. I'm coming for stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up this week. And it's so good to be back with you because we did miss you last week at the uh, monster show that we did, which was really fun. And we hope to do it again. Well, I'm just really sorry to be just literally unable to sit in the chair <laughs> and have fun with you guys. Well, that's okay. And I, I'm going to warn you guys, we are on holiday schedule. So I... I'm working a lot and I will get shows out as soon as I get them edited. We'll get them out. No promises on exactly when they will, but 
they'll be coming and uh you'll get new content just like you always do every week it just may not be on monday or tuesday it may be wednesday or thursday or friday but i'll get it out there and i'm getting a new computer which will certainly screw things up also so be prepared (laughs) it's coming on tuesday (laughs) all right guys thanks for being here remember to thank our sponsors thanks for supporting us on patreon happy grooming everybody and hang in there the end is in sight all right we love you take care of yourselves now it's not worth the money to ruin your body grooming dreams are nothing more than wishes and a wish is just a dream you wish to come true So very lucky Just to have some company To share a cup of tea with me I take my puppy everywhere La 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 la, I wouldn't care We would stay away from crowds Besides that said no dogs Silk.